brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello, and welcome to the No BS Spiritual Book Club's face-to-face -face with interview series in which we invite respected authors, speakers, teachers, and researchers in the consciousness arena to share the stories behind the 10 best spiritual books that influence them the most on their life journey. And joining me today is soul coach, energy practitioner, speaker, and facilitator, Kate Spreckley, whose unique approach to healing, personal growth, and development incorporates the entire being, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, and soul. Kate Spreckley, welcome. It's good to have you here. Thank you for joining us from South Africa. Thank you so much, Sandy. Lovely to be here. So, first of all, what do books in general mean to you? Oh, so many things. Um, I think I've, I, I read a wide range of books. So, uh, you know, obviously there are the self-help books, they're the learnings, the teachings that you gain from those books. But then there's also the escape that you get from novels and other worlds that people have created for, for us to enjoy. So for me, it's it really is dependent on my state of mind and my state of being as to what I'm reading and when I'm reading it and why I'm reading it. But I've always found that books have a meaning um, and a special place in my life and um, often give insights and clarity at times when I have needed it most. And are you a book hoarder? Do you like to hold on to them or do you pass them on to others? You know, I, I always attempt to keep the ones that are that are that have special meaning to me, but I invariably end up passing them on. I have had to buy a few copies of, of books because I keep giving them away to people expecting to get them back, but you don't often get them back. So yeah, there are a lot of books out there that I've I've handed on to clients and to friends and to family. Mm. So what was it like for you having to go back, review your life and pick 10 books? It was an interesting exercise. Initially, I, you, you know, when you contacted me and asked me, I thought, oh, that's exciting. And then I kind of hit a complete blank and I couldn't even think of a single book. And I did actually have to go and stand in front of my, my bookshelf and then also have a look at my Audible account to see what books I've downloaded because I have actually downloaded a few audiobooks, um, especially the ones that are that I consider to be my favorites. And um, and then I, I, I sat quietly and I, I, I reflected back to my journey and how it's how my 
I suppose my spiritual awakening had unfolded and the, the, the books that spoke to me at particular times were, I suppose, key points in my life. And then from there, I, I suddenly remembered. And a lot of these books I, ref, I refer um, to other people, I give to other people as gifts, um, just because I think that their messages and the insights and the, and the, the gifts that they share are timeless. Mm. Um, it, it was an interesting exercise. And then to also reflect back as to where I was at that point when I read that book and why it was so important for me and why it had such a deep meaning um, and how, how the insights and the information helped me at, at a time when a lot of the time I was pretty confused about where I was and what I was doing and why I was doing what I was doing. Yeah, I think it's a, a great exercise, you know, because we don't often stop and think about, we know where we've come from. We know what's happened to us, but we don't often stop and think, how have I changed since then? Mm. And I think when we start looking at the books, you know, that um, inspired us and opened up different thought processes, shifted our perceptions, then we begin to realize, my goodness, I've changed a lot. Yeah, huge, and and it was it was a lot like that when I when I started looking at the the, the books that um, I, I shared with you because wow, I have changed, <laughs> and you know it's been quite a journey um, of change and transformation, and it it really is interesting to reflect back. So let's start with um, your first book, which is one that we've been hearing a little bit about. Um, over the last few weeks, it seems that several people have really found this book particularly enlightening. Many Lives, Many Masters, the true story of a prominent psychiatrist, his young patient, and the past life therapy that changed both their lives, Brian Weiss. Uh, published in 1988, when did you come across that book? Well, I came across that book in my late teens. Um, I must have been about 18 or 19. So it was, um, yeah, I might have been a, even a little bit older, but it, it, it was at a time where I, I had explored different um, spiritual um, insights and I, I was on a journey of searching. You know, this is long before the internet and Google. And um, so it was quite difficult to find things to read. And um, I had an aunt who had started her own journey of healing a couple of years before. And thankfully, she was very happy to share uh, what, she, what she was reading and pass things on to me. And this was one of the books that she shared with me. And I remember reading it and just feeling suddenly so much made sense around what I intuitively knew, what I intuitively understand and understood. And as a child, I'd always felt that, you know, this this couldn't be just the only life that we had. I mean, they, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a Christian home and, um, or, you know, go, going to church as a child, I remember thinking, you know, there's no ways God is going to let me into heaven with just one life? How can I learn everything that I need to learn and how can I experience everything that I need to experience in order to get into heaven? There's just, you know, there's not enough time. And so there was the sense that there had to be more. And, and when I read this book about reincarnation and, you know, the space between lives and the messages of the masters, it just made so much sense and, and really helped me to understand 
things that I knew intuitively but couldn't or didn't have the words to explain. Mm. Yes, I mean, it, is, it was a fascinating book. And, you know, I've been thinking over the last few weeks um, as a result of this book club, um, the way books came to me. And I was very lucky in that I had this incredible mentor, a woman who was an astrologer who introduced me, taught me astrology, taught me about homeopathy, taught me about flower remedies and was always pressing books into my hand. And they were books back in the 80s. You know, if you went to a bookstore, you'd see new books. You didn't often, unless you found a secondhand store, find the older books. So some of the real gems, you know, how did you find them? Um, and I was very lucky because she was a hoarder and she had books all around her house and she had books, you know, dating back to when she was a child. And um, so she would pass them all on to me. Uh, you know, I don't think we realise how lucky we are to have the internet and to have access to them. Yeah. Well, I must say, whenever I travel anywhere, I always end up finding my play, finding my way into second-hand bookstores because there are still some good ones that are not available anymore and out of print and not being published that, that still are yeah. really one of the things I love about secondhand bookstores is, you know, so many times you hear people say, well, a book just fell off the shelf in front of me and I knew I had to read it. And that's happened to me. But it always happens in secondhand bookstores, not in yeah. the new ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So your list, um, before we go any further, you've got a book on your list that I am so pleased because this is the first time it's come up. And I love, love, love this book. Um, but I need to ask you, is your list in chronological order or is it just random? Actually, I did try and put it in in order because I, I kind of thought um, it, it's almost like it's stepping stones on my okay. path. Okay. So, yeah, they are. Yeah, I was wondering about keeping this book to last as it's such a good one, but I won't because it's – integral to your story and your journey, then we'll talk about it now. And that is The Beautiful, The Invitation by Araya Mountain Dreamer, which was published in 1999. Tell me how that book impacted you. Well, that book, um, at the time that I read that book, I was in the throes of realizing and recognizing that my marriage was over and that I, this, the, the, that I was living a life that didn't speak to me, um, that wasn't a reflection of who I was, even though I didn't really know who I was at the time. I just knew that this life wasn't what I needed to be living and, and or how I needed to be living. And I read this book and it just, it touched something in me that... Oh, you know, just the words from that poem spoke to me about tapping into myself and finding the courage that I needed to step into a life that reflected me um, and reflected who I was, not who I'd been told that I needed to be or the life that I was told that I needed to live. Um, and it really gave me courage more than anything else. I think it was, it was just so beautiful. Um, the way she, she she shares her journey and the space that she was in in, in the in those 
deeply painful moments, whether those were emotional moments or physical moments. Um, and, I, you know, I just, I felt it. I felt like this was my soul speaking to me through her words. Um, and it, it, it was an incredible incredible moment of, of transformation and I actually printed it out um, the poem and stuck it on my wall in front of my desk and read it every single day and those moments when I needed to, to to find the courage to make the changes that I was making I went back and reread it and particularly that last bit um, mm. really, yeah, it's, it's a powerful powerful poem that book was a revelation to me when she's telling her story and she stayed in a very unhappy, painful marriage um, because she'd made a promise. She'd, you know, promised to love, honour and whatever. Um, and somebody, I think, told her that there are times when the promise that you've made, you can't keep because it doesn't work for you. And that was such a revelation to me because I had always, you know, if I said something to someone, I had to do it. I had to. I would not be, you know, I would not forgive myself if I didn't because I'd given my word. But the way she explained it freed me from that. It freed me from, you know, the, the tyranny of that because there were times when it was a tyranny um, when you realise that you, you didn't understand something and you can't deliver without really damaging yourself. Um, so, you know, I love that book and I love the poem. And, you know, for those of you who may not know that poem, oh, you should listen to it. Kate's going to read it to us now. Okay. It doesn't interest me what you do for a living. I want to know what you ache for and if you dare to dream of meeting your heart's longing. It doesn't interest me how old you are. I want to know if you will risk looking like a fool for love, for your dream, for the adventure of being alive. It doesn't interest me what planets are squaring your moon. I want to know if you have touched the centre of your own sorrow, if you have been opened by life's betrayals or have become shriveled and closed from fear of further pain. I want to know if you can sit with pain, mine or your own, without moving to hide it or fade it or fix it. I want to know if you can be with joy, mine or your own, if you can dance with wildness and let the ecstasy fill you to the tips of your fingers and toes, without cautioning us to be careful, to be realistic, to remember the limitations of being human. It doesn't interest me if the story you are telling is true. I want to know if you can disappoint another to be true to yourself, if you can bear the accusation of betrayal and not betray your own soul if you can be faithless and therefore trustworthy. I want to know if you can see beauty, and even when it is not pretty every day, and if you can source your own life from its presence. I want to know if you can live with failure, yours and mine, and still stand at the edge of the lake and shout to the silver of the, of the full moon, yes. It doesn't interest me to know where you live or how much money you have, I want to know if you can get up after, a after the night of grief and despair, weary and bruised to the bone, and do what needs to be done to feed the children. It doesn't interest me who you know or how you came to be here. I want to know if you, if you will stand in the centre of the fire with me and not shrink back. 
Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. Midi clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It doesn't interest me where or what or with whom you have studied. I want to know what sustains you from the inside when all else falls away. I want to know if you can be alone with yourself and if you truly like the company you keep in the empty moment. That really, I think, ought to be, you know, uh, people write their own um, vows when they get married. Um, it's, you know, it's always occurred to me that you couldn't write anything better than that. Mm, yeah. So thank you. Thank you for introducing that to the No BS Spiritual Book Club library. And I hope many people who haven't read it decide to read it. So book number three, The Celestine Prof Prophecy by James Redfield. Um, how did that come into your life? I think that was another book that I think my aunt passed on to me. Um, and... I, I, yeah, again, it was another book that, you know, he writes it in a, in a story and I, I've read all the, the, the ones that come after it as well. And I just loved how he wove these spiritual truths and these spiritual insights into a story that was so easy to understand. Because a lot of the concepts that he was speaking about with regards to energy and how energy functions and moves between people and nature that, you know, it can be it can become quite complex, but I think that the way that James shared that information made it accessible and <clears throat> almost tangible for us to be able to see this is exactly how it works. <clears throat> and so for me, it gave me such a, a, a deeper understanding and awareness of of energy, of how we are energetic beings, of the power of nature, um, which I had always felt and and really. Um, I mean, for me, nature is a is a key component to my own sanity, my own spiritual journey, my own spiritual health. In in, in essence, um, and so this book really opened that up for me in a way that I've never seen before. And it, you know, these things are not taught to us. You know, you know, we yeah. don't the magic of of energy and the magic of nature isn't taught to us. Yes, it's found in I suppose fantasy novels, which I loved. Um, uh, I loved reading because it, it explored a world that 
isn't this normal 3D world that we've lived in. Um, but, and this book really shows how that magic still exists and when you can feel into it. And he gives exercises and examples mm. of that throughout the book, which I also loved. Um, so it was something that I you know, started to play with and, and, and started to feel myself. And yeah, um, me too. And it's interesting how every sort of decade or so a book comes along that really grabs people's attention you know people who would never look at a spiritual book um, and I remember seeing that around me when that book was published and then several years later there was the secret and suddenly all of these people that would never pick up a spiritual book you know uh, looking at the movie and um, and and it's interesting how it goes in cycles as if okay new generation they need something to wake them up yeah so book number four Sorry, I was just going to say, I think some of these books are timeless in their messages and their yeah. insights. And, and, you know, there's now a movie as well, the Celestine Prophecy yeah. movie, which yeah. I watched and enjoyed. So. Yeah, yeah. I think they are timeless. And I think that it's also about timing. You know, they burst on the scene at a time when people are looking for something and it speaks to them. Yeah. Um, the next book, number four, The Four Agreements. Practical Guide to Personal Freedom, Don Miguel Ruiz. You know, this book comes up again and again. It's probably, you know, in the top 10 of all time books uh, in the club. You know, so many people love it. And I um, did an interview with him just a few weeks ago. And I said to him, I told him that it comes up again and again. And bless his heart, he was surprised and he was incredibly grateful. And um, and it was so nice to, you know, somebody of that caliber who produces a book that so many people are just wowed by. And, you know, he has so much humility to be surprised <laughs> that it's in the top, you know, the top 10 list of, you know, uh, spiritual books that people enjoy. Mm. So what was it feel like for you? Well, this book was life changing. Um... It, it it was incredibly powerful for me. Uh, to be able to be freed from, you know, so many beliefs and so so many conditionings around how we are, we should be and, and who we should be. And I, I, I think for me, this was oh, the weight of responsibility that fell from my shoulders when I read this book was, was incredible. Um, just to be able to, and again, to be able to given the, be given the words to explain things that I wasn't able to explain because at the time of reading it, I was too young and I, I hadn't, um, I didn't know enough. And I mean, for me, this is a Bible and I, I have these four agreements on, on my phone um, and I often read them to people and share the message with people and um, read it and remind myself. And, and in fact, I've recently gave this book to my, my 18 year old daughter and I've said to her, you, you know, this, this is an incredibly important book for you to read. Um, particularly, you know, at that age when, you, you know, you're learning to, to find your own way in the world. And um, it's, you know, the, 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 I mean, I think, I don't take anything personally as one of the, I mean, I'll read our thing agreements just um, so, so I can share them with everyone. 
be impeccable with your word is the first one, which for me is, is, is such an essential part of living an authentic and conscious life. Um, you know, my, my um, favorite saying is, is do what you say and say what you do. You know, so there's no confusion. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows where we all stand. Yeah. Um, and then the second one is don't take anything personally. You know, nothing is really about you. Um, it, you know, it's liberating to realize that what people are doing or how people are behaving and things that are happening aren't necessarily about you or have anything to do with you. It's really free. And don't make assumptions. You know, always ask questions, um, which I think is also incredibly important. And then always do your best. But what I love about that fourth one is how your best is different. You know, I think the message in that in that fourth agreement is every day your best is going to be different because it's determined about how you are feeling in that moment, how you are feeling mentally, how you are feeling physically. You know, today my best will be what it is, but tomorrow it could be something completely different. And and being free to to allow ourselves to be where we are at every moment rather than thinking we need to be achieving something at, at some level and going for that level every moment of every day when we can't. Um, you know, we all go through phases of, of feeling exhausted and tired and drained and then we go through moments where we feel like our tank is full and we can conquer the world. And on those days, our best is different. So for me, it, it's just it packages how we need to live life um, yeah. in some simple and profound way. Yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful charter for living, you know, a good life or for being a human. Um, and of course, it you know, it, it's not especially spiritual uh, in some people's, you know, um, definitions of the word, but it is for everybody. You know, it's so simple. I love its simplicity. Yeah. Book five, the book about the adventures that many of us wish we had had. Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert. (laughs) Yeah, it was another goodie. I think at the at the time that I read this book, um, my marriage had fallen apart, and and I remember in one of the the, the beginning phases pages of the book, she talks about lying on the bathroom floor, and realizing that she needs to do something in order to change her life, and she needs to go on this journey. And I think for me, it, 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 it you know it was again my life was being mirrored by things that I was reading, and um, and. I remember thinking at the time, I I need to go on a journey. I need to discover myself. I need to work out who I am and what I'm here to do and what my purpose is. And at the time, I I had a two-year-old and a five-year-old, so it wasn't really possible to pack my bags and and, and leave them behind and and go and find myself. So I had to find a way to do that in amongst my day-to-day life. Um, But I also realized through that book that, um, you know, unless we actually, actively embark on some sort of journey of discovery despite what's going on around us and and what despite what's happening in our lives we are going to be stuck in old patterns and old ways of being that are not necessarily who we are um and i think her her story was just so inspiring um and so inspiring for so many that again giving us the courage to step out of our lives to step out of our day-to-day routines and to to explore something different. Mm. Yeah, 
Indeed. Yes, and she's written several good books since. Mm. So number six, um, A Return to Love, Marianne Williamson, Reflections on the Principles of A Course in Miracles. Beautiful book. Yeah, this was another life-changing book for me. And I, I, I remember reading um, this, this one and then straight after it's the, A Woman's Worth, which was also by Marianne Williamson. And again, life-changing. Um, you know, the messages, the understanding, the realizations I had while reading that book was incredibly profound um, and again gave me some understanding of what it is that I was trying to find in myself um, and opened up, I suppose, opened up a pathway in me that allowed me to start exploring who I was um, without the burden of expectation from, from the external world and from people and family and friends. Um, and it, I read it at a time where my life was, was in, um, I suppose, a process of transformation and I was moving away from living in one way, being a, a wife and a mother and um, really focused on, on living in that uh, that kind of conventional way to moving into following a spiritual path and, and starting a spiritual business and um, really turning everything on its head. And it's a very brave thing to do. Well, yeah, at the time it didn't feel brave. At the time it felt, I felt that if I didn't do it, I was going to die. Yeah. If I didn't do, if I didn't make that change and start following my own heart, I, I was going to die. My soul was going to die. And mm. you know, this was one of the books that again gave me the courage um, and and the language, I think, to be able to 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 explain to those who who wanted to know what on earth I was doing. Um, but yeah, it was it was powerful. Mm. The next book was a bit of a surprise. Um, I'm not sure that we've had this one come up before either. Uh, Bringers of the Dawn, Teachings from the Pleiadians by Barbara Marciniak. Yes, now this is one of those books that you'll have to dig into some second-hand bookshop to find because I don't think it's in print anymore and um, <clears throat> I, I've lost the copy I had. It's, I gave it to someone to read and haven't, I don't know where it's gone, but... This book, I was given, it was given to me by a friend. And it sat in my bookshelf for a few years, actually. And I remember one weekend not having anything to do. My, my children were with their father for the weekend. And I walked up to my bookshelf and I thought, okay, well, there must be something I can read here. And this book literally fell out of the bookshelf, my own bookshelf. I thought, okay, well, this is a good, this, yeah, we'll give this one a go. And I started reading it, and I remember at the time reading the first few pages and actually having to put it down and walk around my house while I processed the information that was that, that was in those first few pages. And I couldn't put it down. I, I think I read it in that that weekend, um, and have read it a few times since then. And it was just 
there, it just made so much sense to me at the time. And it still makes sense to me. The messages and the insights that are shared in that book, the channelings that come through her, are, are wonderfully um, descriptive of why we are here, what we are here to do as human beings. Um, and I, I loved that. And, and in fact, one of the very first meditations that I ever did, it was a guided meditation that I did during a healing session that I was having with someone. And um, I was guided to meet my star family and uh, these Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Beings appeared in my meditation, and I said to them, who are you? And they said, we are your Palladian family. Okay. Came out of the meditation and said to, to the, the, the woman I was with, you know, what is the Palladians? And who are the Palladians? And uh, she explained to me who and what they were, and I said, oh, that's interesting. And then when, obviously, I was reading this book, I thought, this is this is messages from from somewhere that I know, um, and I think that's possibly why it resonated so much. And the information is so um, relevant to, to me. You know, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, there's um, Marianne Williamson writing about love and things that she's learned from a book that was channeled, but has a lot more acceptance than a book about people from another planet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one might feel comfortable, maybe not so much today, but a few years ago, more comfortable talking about Marianne Williamson's book than Barbara Marciniak's. Um, and as someone's just mentioned in the um, chat there, it takes courage, takes courage, this book, and thank you for mentioning it. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 oh. Uh, you know, I, th I think it just answers so many questions um, yeah. that we all have. Um, yeah. It makes sense. Certainly to me, the answers, the answers to those questions made, made a lot of yeah. sense. So that was a game changer. Yeah, that was a game changer. Mm. And, and also made me even more determined um, to follow my path and to keep going and to do what I was doing despite 
all the challenges. Yeah, yeah. Now, the next book, number eight, um, I loved this book when I first read it, Healer, Shaman, Sage, How to Heal Yourself and Others with the Energy Medicine of the Americas, Alberto Villoldo. Um, and again, you know, I mean, when you look back at the sources of information, you're getting it from everywhere. You're getting it from the Pleiades. You're getting it from, you know, um, just, you know, you're getting it from fiction and now you're getting it from South America. So it's a nice rounded education in spirituality. Yeah, definitely is. I, I think Alberto's work is phenomenal. I love, I love um, what he does. And this book I read at a time when I actually started my own shamanic journey, um, where I was following uh, the Native American teachings, which is a little strange living on the tip of South Africa and um, learning about Native American wisdom. And uh, But bizarrely enough, um, my, my father's family is Canadian and I have a great-grandmother was who was actually Native American so it was which I only found out much later um, in fact after I'd gone through the shamanic training and the initiations and then it made sense as to why this was something that, that I felt drawn to 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 do in the path that I felt drawn to follow and this book I just he, he's he's in he's incredibly funny I find his his humor um, wonderful. I think how he describes his um, his own journey through through the um, initiations that he went went through and uh, the people and the teachers that he met. Um, I think it's it's incredibly um, uh, humbling to to read how. He, what he experienced and how he went through those those transformational ch changes and, and how he changed in himself being a, I mean he was a doctor of, of anthropology and uh, he initially went to the Amazon to, dis, to, to, to discover how these healers did what they did um, from a scientific perspective and, and there he was thrown into things that he never expected to be thrown into and um, I, yeah, so it, it really helped me um, find the humor in my own path and a lot of the things that I was having to face and go through with my own initiations. And, and then interestingly enough, um, the, the energy work that I do isn't something that was taught to me by a human person. And I could never explain it. Um, I just was told, was taught how to do it by my own spirit guides and, and teachers and helpers. And um, he did a, Alberto did a um, documentary, um, and I can't for the life of me remember what it is right now. Hopefully it'll come to me. And uh, where he explains the energy work that he does and what he was taught by these shamans in, in the Amazon. And when I watched this documentary, it was like, that's what I'm doing. So it, it, it reinforced um, and gave me a language as well to explain what I was doing. And so from that moment on, I think I've read every single book he's ever published. I've listened to every uh, interview he's ever done and every podcast that he's been on because I just, I think his information and the insights that he shares are, are again profound and, and incredibly powerful. 
So you um, studied the Native American. Living in Africa, South Africa, were you ever drawn? I mean, you've got, you know, deep, deep history of shamanism there. Were you never drawn to study any of the African? No. Um, the, the, the indigenous culture, from my understanding and what I have been taught, um, there are four main indigenous cultures that exist in the world. Um, in Africa, they are the Bushmen. In um, the Americas, they are obviously the First Nation people, the Native American people. Um, in Australia, they are the Aboriginal people. And then in um, the Northern Hemisphere, or the, the, the Europe, they, they are the Celtic people. But the teachers are actually, the only teachers out of that indigenous group are the Native American people. So the Bushmen of, of Africa, they don't, they don't teach their ways. Um, they'll they'll welcome you into their space. They'll welcome you into their ceremonies, but they're not teachers, so they don't. It, it's difficult to um, to learn anything from them. And you know, growing up in the Western world, we we have an intellect that asks us to be taught and for things to be defined. Um, and the Bushmen don't do it. And there are not too many of them around, and they're quite difficult to, to, to get in touch with or to go and, and spend time with as well. So it's not as accessible as the Native American wisdoms. Mm. Yeah. Book number nine, this is a new one to the club, A Serpent of Light, Beyond 2012, The Movement of the Earth's Kundalini and the Rise of the Female Light, Tran Below Melchizedek. Yeah, this was another book that was handed to to me by a friend. I think the same friend that shared the the bringers of the dawn with me. Um, she shared this one with me, and I, again, I I love John Barlow's work. I think um, what he he does and, and the information he shares is, is amazing. Um, and this book, I just found. Um, so beautiful the way he shares his journey of, of traveling around the world and um, all of the ceremonies that he held um, with different people around the different around different sacred sites. Um, I just I loved it. I found it fascinating and the understanding of, of the movement of the earth's spiritual energy and how that is shifting and changing. And it explains a lot of the transformational times that we are living in now. Um, and it just you know, it gave me real hope for for this time that we're living through and, and, and the time that we're moving into. Mm. So the final book, number 10, Essential Guide for Healers by Caroline Mace. Wow. Caroline is mm. one of my favourites. I absolutely adore her. Um, I love her no-nonsense view. Um, I love how straight to, and to the point she is with all of her teachings. And this is a book that I recommend to everyone um, because although she's called it Essential Guide for Healers, um, the book is written for everyone uh, or certainly spoken to everyone because we're all healers on some level and in some way. And... Um, how she shares uh, what is important 
you know, things like boundaries, for example, and, and being a conscious and aware of, of your own energy levels and what you're doing and how you're doing it and what you're doing in the world and how you're being in the world. Um, there's just, it's a wonderful, wonderful um, book filled with, with insights and understandings and important, important messages for, for, for all of us, especially now in this time where there's so much chaos, there's so much fear, there's so much anxiety. And um, again, it's another book that just gives me hope for, for humanity and for all of us that we're going to move through this time and we're going to be absolutely so what are you reading now that's exciting you? Um, I am, I've got a number of books on my bedside table at the moment. I am busy reading a book by um, a guy called Jay Naidu, who is or was a activist in South Africa. Um, he worked with and uh, very closely with Nelson Mandela. He was one of Nelson Mandela's um, cabinet members, and um, I think one of the, the key people in his team, particularly when he when he moved into government. And um, he wrote a book on change and and how the world needs to change. And in fact, Jay is um, an incredibly interesting person a person as he has moved from politics and embarked on his own spiritual journey and has come to understand a lot of what needs to change in the world and and how he shares that message and this book that i'm reading called change is um i think the start of of what he shares um so that's one of the ones that i'm reading at the moment um i've also just started um, the sequel to Shantaram. Um, I can't remember what it's called. But... I don't know that one. Shantaram is it's a novel that was written by a guy called Gregory something or other. Um, it's a really, really thick book and I read it many, many years ago and loved it. It's a story of, of his travels through or from Australia through India and Afghanistan and Pakistan. Um, and uh, this is the sequel to it. I envy many people who were able to travel, um, you know, several decades ago because they got to see many places in their glory. Um, and now so many places have been ruined by progress, if you want to call it that, or by war or violence, um, that I think we've, we've lost an awful lot and that's irretrievable. Yeah. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about your work. And I mean, when you and I first connected, it was probably somewhere like 2003 when I was publishing Children of the New Earth magazine. And there were many, many people talking about the new generation of kids, the indigos, the crystals, you know, um, and the star seeds, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you, your daughters were quite young then um, and you know what was that period and that, that was obviously a time when you were going through your transition you know leaving one life and starting another um, what did the information that was coming through about 
this new generation of kids, the indigos and the crystals. What, what was what did that do for you? I mean, how did that information touch you and inform the work that you did? Well, I think I I had my my first child in nineteen ninety nine, so she's nearly twenty two years old, and I had already realized when I was pregnant and. You know, yes, I know that, you know, when we know that when we have our first child, our life is never, ever going to be the same. But I had this real sense that my life really was never going to be the same after I had this this, this baby. And mm. um, when she was, uh, I, she was particularly difficult baby in the sense that she had colic she cried a lot but you know looking back on it now there was a lot of stuff going on around her my parents were divorcing at the time that I had her um, there was a whole lot of uncertainty in, in myself with whether I was you know going to be a, a good mom and um, and a couple of my I think about nine months after she was born I I felt completely disconnected from my life and I remember going and speaking to a doctor and he said to me no no you're suffering from postnatal depression you need to you know go and get some help go and see a therapist go and join a support group go on medication and all of this all of which I did because of course I was following conventional advice and um, I didn't know what was happening to me at the time and so I did that for a couple of months, and it did not help. I just felt worse and worse and worse. But I, I couldn't explain what this inner turmoil was that was happening. And eventually a friend of mine said to me, why don't you go and see this energy healer, and um, you know, maybe she'll be able to help you. So I went, and I had a, a session, an energy session. I can't even explain what it was, but it was life-changing. And when I went to her, she explained to me, she said, you are an indigo child yourself, and you are in the throes of a spiritual awakening. And you're incredibly young to be going through a spiritual awakening, but there's obviously a purpose and a reason for it, and you're going to have to learn to work with it, not resist it, which obviously I've been resisting it because I didn't know what on earth was going on. And so she... Um, she kind of got me onto that path, and and so I started to do the research on the indigo, the indigo children, and I realised that my daughter was also an indigo child, being born in the nine, late 1990s, and I recognised through what I was reading and 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 understanding that I needed to be a different parent. I needed to parent my child in a different way to the way that I was parented. Um, I also started to realize and recognize pretty much when my daughter was born that I needed to do something quite drastic because otherwise I was going to perpetuate um, the patterns and the wounding and the damage that, that had been passed on uh, through, through to me. I was then going to pass this on to my own child and I didn't want to do that. And so at the time, I suddenly realized that there were the, all these incredible children that were being born and yet... The world was the same world that I'd been born into, and if it didn't change, we were going to 
break these children and damage these children. So I kind of went on this mission of thinking, well, I've got to change the world because the world needs to be different for, for my child. And I don't want any child to grow up the way that I did. I don't want any child to get to, to adulthood feeling the way that I felt. Um, so that, that's when it kind of started and I started re, um, reaching out to a lot of people actually in the States um, because there was a lot of information out there at that time. And um, started writing and sharing information and insight around the Indigo, Indigo children. And then I fell pregnant with my second daughter who was born in, in 2002 and she was a crystal child, which is the next generation, I suppose, of Indigo children. And I realized again that, you know, things really needed to be different. And when I was pregnant with her, I was still having um, regular energy sessions um, and was meditating and, and really trying to connect with that spiritual part of myself. And I remember in one particular meditation, I was guided to connect with this crystal consciousness, Christ consciousness. And I was pregnant with Sarah, my youngest daughter, at the time. And I connected to this consciousness and can tell you that I have never felt anything so powerful in my entire life. Not then, not before then, and not since then, because it was, it was, it was out of this world. Um, and I realized in that time how connected this crystal or Christed consciousness was um, and how these children were connected on a level that, that is so um, hidden and subconscious for us but is so real and conscious for them. And I remember at the time being very aware of the, there were some horrendous things that were going on. I remember there was a, a school in Russia um, that uh, someone had walked into with a gun and started shooting. Um, and I, I remember watching my own daughter having nightmares and waking up screaming for, for absolutely no re reason and realizing that there was a ripple effect of that kind of trauma that was happening to those children in Russia, my daughter was feeling it. And I started to, to see how connected these kids were and their parents and, and teachers and educators needed to know that things need to change, that we need to start doing things in a different way. We need to start parenting our children in a different way. We need to start educating our children in a different way. And we need to start changing the world so that it is more supportive of these more evolved souls that were being, that were coming onto the planet. Um, so that, that's really where my journey started. I, I was determined to change the world for children. Mm. So as, as a parent, of young children at a time when all this information was pouring forth and many people had a lot of expectations of these children you know some some a little bit too much irrational expectations that they were going to save the world um and uh those children are now grown up so what do you see now do you see the promise fulfilled or do you feel that um, some of these children are just, you know, so <laughs> shocked by the way we have damaged our world that 
you know, they don't want to know. I, you know, Sandy, it's it's. I'm in, I, I'm hopeful in one sense because I see my own children and I see the wisdom that they carry. Um, and they really are wise beyond their their the, 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 the years. They they show me in so many ways every single day still um, how things can be different, how people can be different. I mean, their way of engaging in relationships is. You know, I look back at, at, at myself at that age, and I, I you know, the thoughts I was having are nothing compared to the thoughts my children had. And the insight and the understanding that they have is is incredible. Um, and I see their friends and, and interacting with their friends. I see some of that as well. However, there is the other part that is heartbreaking for me when I see how many of these children are suppressed, how wounded and traumatized they are by the world that they have been brought into um, by the families that they have lived within and for me I've always seen my role as a parent is is to hold a space for my children to 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 grow into um, it's not it's never been to tell them who they need to be or how they need to be it is to watch them and support them as this soul that already exists emerges into their physical body and into their physical being and there's so many children uh, still um, and young young people and young adults that have not had that space held for them. And they are lost and afraid and disheartened. Um, there, there's so many of them that, that feel like life is pointless, that they don't think that they have the power to to make any changes um, and when I when I discuss things with my with my children and their friends about the future and about the world and where it's going um, a lot of the time they, they're not interested they don't they don't really want to know um, they don't want to engage with with how this this world is now crumbling what do they want they want to live their lives their way mm -hmm. and there's a part of me that thinks, you know, they should be, we should be engaging with them and we should be getting them involved. And then there's another part of me that thinks, well, if we're living in the space where there are these two realities, the one is the old reality, the old world that is busy falling apart. And there's a new one that is being birthed and we're in the birthing process. Well, maybe these kids just need to get on with doing things their way let the old world fall apart as we did as and as have. every generation has exactly yeah um, yeah but i i do think that the, the, the there are a lot of them that need support they need help they need um they need to have the trauma that they have been through released and cleared um which is is important so before we close, tell us a little bit about your work today. So you're now a shamanic practitioner, an energy healer. I mean, you're, um, you do a number of things. 
Yeah, I, I do a, a number of different things. Um, I kind of work very much with, with the individual person and what is necessary and what is needed for, for them at, that, at the particular time that they come to see me. Um, but there are a number of healing processes that I do. Um, I discovered in my work that, that in the first 28 years of our lives, there's an energetic pattern that is created. And that energetic pattern doesn't necessarily support our soul and our soul development. Um, so there's a process that I work to clear out that pattern from an energetic perspective and allow, allow the soul blueprint to emerge into the, into the person's field or into their consciousness so that they can actively start working with that. Um, I also run courses, personal development, spiritual growth. Um, I've got, uh, I do one-on-one -on -one sessions with people. I also do quite a lot of ancestral clearing work with people, looking at clearing the imprints of the ancestral trauma that is carried forward. Um, and then, you know, do Webinar, weekly webinars um, where, where I've got a community that 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 actually started. We started in lockdown. Um, I started offering a weekly webinar for, for for people that were feeling lost or confused or, or disconnected and, and isolated. And that's grown into this incredible community that meets every Sunday. And this is this is online or yes, yeah, yeah all online, yeah. which is and great because it can go around the world, can't it? Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's incredible. We've got people from all over the world um, mm -hmm. who join. And, and because we've now been meeting for a year, we've all kind of gotten to know each other and it's become a really beautiful space of, uh, and community. Um, yeah, and then I'm, I'm, I'm writing and I, I write a daily inspirational email that I send out every day and I'm in the process of writing another book. And, um, yeah, it's, it's busy. Good. Well, thank you for sharing your 10 best list with us. And thank you for sharing the stories behind your choices and, you know, how your life has unfolded. It's always fascinating. Um, would you care to give out your uh, website name to anybody who might like to check out what you're offering or join your groups? Yeah, brilliant. Um, it's Spirit Pathways. So it's www.spirit and then a dash pathways.com. Kate Sprickley, thank you. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. And you, Sandy. Thank you so much. And a big thanks to you at home as well for joining us. And if you want to um, be the first to be informed about these, you can go over to sedgebeer.com and click on the No BS Spiritual Book Club tab and you can join our newsletter. We do not spam you. Um, we just send you information about the new book lists that are published each month and the people that are going to be on our live face-to-face -face with series. That's it for today. Um, thank you for joining us again and I'll be back at the same time next week. Till then, it's goodbye from me.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.